it's safe to say we have a very tight-knit team here at New Game Plus Productions. Like this? Oh, yeah. We're like a sweater. I like both of the things that you did. In the seven-plus years of our existence, correct me if I'm wrong, we've only had a team of four. Is that correct? Tom, Dan, Dylan, Hookshot? Correct. Like our core team? Is correct. that other than us three, right? I think. I'm pro- <laughs> we could be forgetting something, but no, it's no, fine. No, 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 <laughs> no. I, I, I mean, we've worked with other people. Yes. But <clears throat> Tom was our first editor for the longest time, episode editor. Dan came on the team somewhat recently. Dylan has been doing our social media for a while, and then Hookshot has been doing our graphics for nearly seven for years. Ever, yeah. For ages. And... Hookshot has let us know recently that he will be transitioning off the team, but not off of our hearts. Never. And so we are looking for a new graphic designer. Primarily, this person will create thumbnails for our YouTube videos, but we'd love if this individual has other graphic experience with like logos and streaming overlays and anything like that. Uh, we'd love to connect with you. So you can email us at ngppodcast at gmail.com. We've got a little... Uh, obstacle course to run you through to see if you're fit for the team? Physic, like It's like a physical obstacle course and then we have you design something. Then we'll do some graphic stuff, but we need some. to see if you're if you're oxygenating well. I was, for, a, for before Hookshot, I was our graphic designer and I used MS Paint. <laughs> yeah, you so really did. So if you did. think you're better than that, please apply. <laughs> Again, email us at ngppodcast at gmail.com. Welcome to New Game Plus. This is a retro gaming podcast where three guys spend seven days playing one old game and then we talk about it. My name's Dustin. My name is Kenny. Nolan. And this is episode 366. There was a new Nintendo Direct just a few days ago. I don't think Nolan watched it or knows anything about it. Kenny? Oh. Uh, I'm always on top of all the latest gaming news. I, I, know, so watch I know the important things from it. Okay. There were tons of announcements and updates. Among those, I saw Metroid Prime Remaster. Big. I did hear about this. That's big enough. It escaped the confines of the Nintendo Direct and filtered out to the broader internet, and I'm hyped. Not only is it for the Switch, but it's out right now. Like, it's playable. I know, and (laughs) I need to play it. I'm excited. I'm very, very, very excited. I also... Saw Disney Illusion Island, which might not sound cool just by the title, but Nolan, it <sighs> reminds me of Cuphead in both visual style and gameplay. Like so it's kind of sick. Or... No, 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 no. You know Cuphead style ripped off from like early what Mickey I... Mouse was doing and stuff like that. I know, but you can't say ripped off when they're the only people in gaming to ever have like done it and done it so perfectly. Mickey started it, it, bro. They didn't rip it off. They were influenced. Illusion with an I or illusion with an A? Because it sounded like you said the second, and I would actually be more hyped about that. The former. There was new footage <laughs> for bad. Tears of the Kingdom, Breath of the Wild 2. Kind of looked like Breath of the Wild 2. 2, again. Looked like Breath of the Wild 1. Breath of the Wild also. Y'all are, I, I mean, y'all are hating. we're all going to play it, and it comes out soon, freaking like a month or two March? away. It's crazy. No. Two, two months, three May, months. May, May. Uh, and then a big thing for us in our community, the Game Boy and Game Boy Advance, all the Game Boys, 
virtually, huh, are now on Switch Online. Are you stupid? Okay. Nolan, Game Boy Advance. Are you stupid? I'm so not, you're saying yes? if I load are, up my Switch. Are you stupid? And I go to that store, the entire GBA library is on it? No, that is not what I'm saying. Okay, but select games like I the Nintendo 64 Like they've been and, doing with... Like they've been doing. Okay, I guess... That's very that's hype. still hype. Less hype than it could have been. That is very yeah, hype. But that's exciting. Do you want to know some of the games that are on the Nintendo uh, on the Game Boy Advance? I definitely do. I Metroid Fusion. Drop some titles. Uh, well, let me just drop a few. Okay. Um, Minish Cap. Lo- yeah. Super Mario Bros. Three. Oh yeah. Mario and Luigi Superstar Saga. Oh yes, sir. WarioWare Inc. Mega Micro Games. Stop. That's the only one I needed on <laughs> nope. there. I don't care about the rest of them. I, I'm serious. Uh, there are, and that's just for the GBA. For the Game Boy, if I remember correctly, I mean there was uh, there's the uh, six golden coins. I think Ooh, there is. Um, uh, there's just a lot. A, a lot. You need to go look at the list, but it's a pretty cool yeah, announcement. I'm- so down with that. That's good. Uh, anything else that stood out to you from the Nintendo Switch or that leaked outside of the Switch, not the Switch itself, the uh, Nintendo oh. Direct itself and got to you, Kenny, or anything for either of you? Yes. No. Yes. Oh. <laughs> he said no. No one's got hotness. Yeah, the Advanced Wars uh, 1 and 2 rem- yeah. uh, remaster. And two. I am pumped. For, for Y'all probably don't know this, but for those of you that don't know, um, Advanced Wars is like Fire Emblem. It's a turn-based strategy game and instead of like swords and anime characters it's tanks and like little tiny armies it's really good it's a very good game so i'm excited i saw octopath traveler 2 they had a some good gameplay there i Mm. and i i want to be excited about that but i i I was super excited about octopath traveler 1 well octopath traveler yeah uh and I played the demo before the game released, and they have just Same. released an Octopath Traveler 2 demo that will then carry over. But I have no desire to. Dude, same. And I can't tell you why. I, I can. Don't I, Octopath just didn't do it for me. Yeah. So Octo, I'm not excited about Octopath 2. But that's uh, that's some of the big announcements. That's a there's, decent there's, direct. Honestly, a lot. There is actually... I've never played any of the Bayonetta games, but there's a yes. prequel story uh, that is coming out. And that looked kind of cool. I don't think you'd like it. Uh, um, okay. just based on the style of it but like there's also for all the big announcements at a, the, at a direct like this there are a million tiny tr- yeah, sure. just terrible ideas of like nothing games and that's why I don't love directs but this one was good I think there's something for everybody and I think even Mm-mm. the small ones to us there's a community that enjoys those games and really likes that a community of five well at least you liked some things how about that yes and I liked some things. And Kenny, you didn't even bat an eye in any of this. Like in our retro game of the week. Let's go on an adventure. Because there's a bat in it. Overview. For this episode, we're going way back. How far back? Way back. Back before you were conceived and back before Kenny was a teenager. Okay. okay. Which is true. Which is true. That, that is true. That's, both okay. of those are true. Uh, well, I have. I think the era. I know the era. Yeah. This is 1980. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Which is also in the 1980s. Oh, it's interesting. And we are playing. We have played a game called Adventure. They got there first and took the name before anyone else could. You think anyone's taking the name RPG or? <laughs> 
Yes. First-person shooter? <laughs> probably. Role-playing game. Puzzle. <laughs> Puzzle. Puzzle. Uh, probably what? There's probably the, a game called Pinball. The, mm-hmm. There is. The interesting thing about this game, there's so many interesting things about this game, in my humble opinion, but the genre of this game is action and adventure. Yeah. And it is credited as the first action adventure game of all time. Yes. And... What I Kenny has an issue. I think that's totally true. That has to be true. No, I I think I think it's probably fair. But well, because adventure games before this were text based. Yes, I mean that's what you had yeah. when you went on an adventure. Primarily, you know, when you were escaping reality, you either read a book or you had a text based adventure or D anD. D. Right, but those all went into now at least the category or the genre of like text, you know, like it's it's a Table different top. kind of genre. Yeah. It falls into a different kind yeah. of area. This is the first home, I'll say this at least. This yes. is the first home console adventure video game, yeah. which is That's that huge. is an, yeah, adventure video game. That's huge. That's Big. massive. Yeah. And being a game that came out in 1980, it came out on the only console available at the time, the Atari 2600. We have played a few games from that console and from the general era. Let's name a few of them. Oh, easy. You ready? You ready? I'm ready. The helicopter hat one. Hero. It's called Hero? Hey. It's called H.E.R.O. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> the name it means is like, just as good. It means like helicopter hero emergency, emergency rescue, rescue operation. operation. Woo! All right. Hey, this that. is good. This is a good game. You named Hero. Kenny, you do the next one. <laughs> oh, I thought you were asking me to, to do it, the word adventure as an acronym, and I was about to do it. Okay. No. Um, Why would, hold played... on, no, no. Pause, 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 pause. Why would you think that I was asking that? I don't know, because that's just that's what, what we wanted. did, and then that's the game we're talking that's about. That's what he wanted And to also, do. I could do it. But uh, that's <laughs> not what we did. Okay. Show off his skills. <laughs> games, games we're playing. Um, oh goodness! You know, uh, don't lose. We played one of the. We played one of the shooter ones, like uh, Galaga or Asteroid. It was it was a top down. I, I'll tell you. Also, we played oh. something that was sort of Froggerish. Also, we played ET. E. We played ET. ET. Okay, you're going with ET then. Et. <laughs> yeah. e. That's okay. correct. Nolan, do you got one? Uh, he stole mine. Uh, but didn't we also is hmm? Lemmings is not on Atari Twenty. Lemmings is. We oh. played Lemmings. Uh, well, I don't know if you played it specifically. I'm I don't not, think we played that version. We had the Amiga, the Atari. I did. It's Amiga, Atari, yeah, like and on the PC. Version. We may have played the DOS version. I played but, Atari. Hey. Yeah, we, maybe he did. You would. Maybe he did. All right, Kenny, you ready to lose? <laughs> um, I've told you already a whole bunch. Uh, you said, no, didn't you, we play a shooter one question mark? That's no, we played, a, we played uh, Galaga. We have not played Galaga, so you lost. All <laughs> okay, right. what's the one that we played? Asteroid? Space what's Invaders. The one we played? Space Invaders. Thank you. We played Space Invaders. It's not on Atari 2600. And we played that on the arcade because I don't think it's on oh. the Atari 2600. That's way too advanced for that. I win. All right, I think the other one. There was something else, though. There's one other one that I have listed, and it's Pigs in Space. Do you remember <gasps> that Miss Piggy yes, Atari 2600 game that was really bad? Yeah, and it was just literally cut and paste of the popular games at the time, but yeah, it had done worse. I don't Muppets, want to like, think back to it. It was, it was, it was bad. It was bad. We've, we played a handful of games, but this is one of the earliest ones. Atari was the developer and publisher for the game. And. 
Correct me if I'm wrong on this, fellas, but I, was I this made by a team of one? Yeah. That's what I'm seeing. Warren Robinette. Buffett. Oh, Robinette. Warren Robinette was the sole developer, sole creator of this game. Legend. Based Which, it on a text, like a popular computer text-based adventure game bef- yeah. that came before this. Colossal Cave Adventure. Right, but to adapt that into a home console playable interface adventure. Yeah, graphics huge. And just for one person, come on, he's a legend. Now, if you've played this game, you know it's very uh, stylized as, <laughs> uh, in, in, in pixels. <laughs> yeah. uh, but... And there's not much that can happen with the Atari, but if you read the manual, which you absolutely should, they include a story. So let me give Mm. you the story from the manual. There is an evil magician who has stolen the enchanted chalice and has hidden it somewhere in the kingdom. You must rescue said chalice and return it to the golden castle where it belongs. Golden, yellow. yellow, it's rusted a little bit. This, however, is no easy task as the evil magician has created three dragons to hinder your quest. Yorgi, the yellow dragon, which is Nolan. Grundle, the green dragon, which is Dustin. And Rindle, the red dragon, which is Kenny. You want to switch no, spots? No, I'm the green dragon. Okay, I'll swap with you. It's okay. Thank you. I'll be the red dragon. You're a Grundle. Yes. That's correct. Better story than like modern games. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, yeah. it's not bad, right? No, it's and fine. that is the yeah. story. Like that, even yes. if you didn't have that written for you out in the manual, yes. if you're playing this in 1980 with your imagination, you know how games work. Even when you return to modern games today that you haven't played for a while, they or maybe you have like in your mind, they were this awesome thing and they maybe the age. So when you're playing it in the moment, I think as a kid, you're going to be a, you're going to be seeing and yes. knowing that you'll know with the very limited capabilities of this game and, and console that that's the adventure. Absolutely. You won't know maybe the names of the dragons, but you'll know everything else. Gameplay. I hope we can make a full episode out of this. Easy. You think so? Easy. There's so much to talk about. Hold on. Yeah, we played uh, games with less and we talked have. about it enough. So. We have. That's true. With a lot less. Uh, let's uh, let's start at the very beginning. Okay. You're a square. Genesis. In the beginning. Oh. I'm not a square. Not the very beginning. No, not the very beginning of, of time. No, in this game, you're a square. I know you think you're a hero and maybe you become that, but you're a square. Fine. And, and you move. You move in (laughs) the four cardinal directions. Yep. Uh, That's up, down, east, west. See, this is how we're going to make Uh, the full episode, right? (laughs) No, that's how Kenny is. Details of all the cardinal directions. in charge. (laughs) (laughs) But you you get a little icon representing your character, the square, and he moves around and can move from screen to screen. And you're, you can tell that you're going to be in different places because the the backgrounds of the rooms that you're in change color. So we got to remember everything that we talk about. Atari 2600, you're very, very limited in what you can do like from a hardware basis. So you're going to see lots of things that are used and used more than once. But you got a number of castles in various colors with... Um, locked gates on the front door that you're going to have to go find a key to get through. Uh, You've got other items you can pick up and interact with, including a weapon, which is very important so that you 
don't die on your adventuring. Got to have a weapon. Uh, some people would say it's a pickaxe, but that's because those are idiots that got raised on Minecraft. It's a sword. It's clearly I don't think a sword. Anyone pickaxe would say it's holding a it by the the metal. It part. looks it looks like a pickaxe. You can pick it up from the it front. It looks like an arrow and carry it around, and it looks like a pickaxe. It looks like an arrow more than anything, but it's a sword. Maybe it's a sword. <laughs> show it show it to a nine year old and ask him what it is, and I'd bet at least somebody will tell you it's a pickaxe. <laughs> okay. Regardless, it's a weapon. You run around, uh, slay dragons with it, and generally, like, adventure your way through a world of of obstacles, of mazes, of hidden items, and well, I don't know. It's let me. It's literally an action adventure game. <laughs> <laughs> let me hit you with this. But, but that's crazy. No, I agree. It's just funny. Let me hit you with this. I turn on Dustin's first play. And immediately am kind of stunned that this is Zelda 1. Or at least they Zelda 1 owes this game some money because it that's what you're looking at. The top-down Zelda style where you're going from room to room. Yes, it's a lot more simple than Zelda 1 even. But that's what this game looks like, which, again, is kind of crazy at this time and on this console. It's the pre-alpha of every single game that we've ever liked. That, whoa, that's a good way to put it, actually. No, that's actually true. I, I agree with that. I'd say not every game. Like, I don't know if Professor Layton, for example, gets anything from here, but a lot of games that we played uh, can yeah. trace their origins back to here. Absolutely. Yeah. And we're going to talk... I, I've, I've listed it in my notes, but I think we just spread it out. This game is a lot of firsts. Not only is it the first action adventure, but it is the first at least home console game, where you're able to take items from one screen to the next and that things are, quote-unquote, happening off-screen. This yes. is the first game where right. something, a dragon, for example, can follow you from one screen to the next, and the first time that happens, you're not expecting it. Jump scare. And you just have to keep running from these dragons? And you can go anywhere you want. It's not linear like like a platform oh, yeah, where a lot of games were. And so, like again, we're dropping first, and obviously we're using a lot of these as, like, general ideas that were explored for the first time, not like truly our understanding of what these genres are today. But you could argue this is the first open world game experience. Yeah, I think could. so. And Dustin, back to your point with the like dragons moving and like jump scaring you or whatever, items persist too. So it it feels like the world is alive in another first the this was probably the first documented like continue function in a game where you die you don't have to start from the very very beginning at least in one of the game modes which is crazy can you imagine having this console and then being like what i that's where i left this like what a quick save it's got it's a, quick a quick save, save feature dog, which is the, the competition is pong which is like cool and revolutionary and like you see stuff, but literally it's like <laughs> two lines ball, and move, a ball. ball move. It's like the most simple thing of all time. Yeah. And that was revolutionary. Yeah. And yeah. so for, for someone to be able to milk this kind of experience with this hardware, really, it can't be overstated how impressive that is. Well, even like comparing it to E.T., which came out a couple of years later, at least like <laughs> E.T., we we laugh at the graphics a lot, you know, because they 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 tried to, uh, like the E.T. looks disturbing and uh, yeah. everything looks disturbing. But I think they even tried to focus maybe on graphics too much on that one and didn't have a satisfying gameplay here. 
I think they went very simple with the graphics. You, please understand, with the Atari 2600 and 1980, you don't have many options on what you're able to do. What is that an 8-bit system? What What is the Atari? No, no. way less than that. It's like the four. whole game is like four kilobytes or something. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And do you understand how tiny that yeah, is? it's super tiny. Yeah, no, it's crazy. And yeah, if you were to say to Warren, yeah, they definitely went uh, simple with the graphics on this one, focus more on stuff. He'd be like, yeah, I had to. <laughs> yeah, be yeah. like, I had no choice. But is what he did, what I was getting to, is that where the graphics are as simple as it can be, your character being a square pixel, yeah. th- he, he spent the time creating an environment and a game that is actually playable and enjoyable yeah. like and different yeah. it's also randomized right on Bro. the on the further levels the th- the yes. third level thing or whatever yeah. like difficulty randomization that's replayability too right on this right. game on that console that, right on. now come no on. it is replayability let's, don't don't no, it absolutely is. Okay. i'm not arguing that fact but let's point out the fact that he did say level three one of this game's big weaknesses and again they had no choice hardware limitations Three levels. If you had this exact same game, yeah, what are you supposed to but do? But <laughs> could have done variations of of you know more layouts, more mazes, more puzzles, sure. uh, whatever else, and you could have gotten ten or fifteen levels out yeah. of it. I know, I know, physically it wasn't an option. You, you can't do it. But this would have been completely another level yeah. kind of game. Yeah. And, and one of its weak points is the fact that once you've beaten it, even though you get that randomization third level it's you've kind of done it <laughs> you've kind of done it I, uh, I agree that is a downside I, I don't fully because you do have the three levels the first level very beginner I cleared it in my first play mm-hmm. um the second basically a tutorial a tutorial the second one is the actual game and the third one is a, a couple more areas and it, it is more difficult but not only that you have the difficulty settings on the Atari hardware yeah, itself. The physical, so yeah. I, I don't know how many difficulty uh, like options there are on the Switch on the Atari Twenty Six Hundred. There's just two. There's two toggles. You can use a first player difficulty toggle and a second player oh, difficulty toggle. Okay, but it's not a two player game. It just gives you two right. different things that you can like give yourself a different version of the game. Buffs the but dragons, like, right? It buffs the dragons. Yeah, and it, yeah. it causes. Uh, or, or one of them to flee from you yeah. or or something like it changes the dragon pattern. Yeah, great. Which, again, that's, yes, Kenny, I guess, uh, right, sure. It could have more or no, it couldn't, but if it did have right. more, <laughs> that would be great. But I think Homeboy maxed it out on what he's Definitely. able to do and gave so much. I think this one's so much more replayable than all of the others that we played so far. I mean, Lemmings is pretty good, but um, than a lot of the others on the console at the time. Absolutely. We should talk about some of the characters we have here. Uh, Dustin mentioned one earlier in the segue, but you've got the square, which is you, and you can interact with items kind of like you're grabbing items, but it's kind of like a magnet um, where like you'll pick up, you'll walk up to a key and then it's like stuck to you unless the bat comes into play and snatches it from you. So you've got this bat that will come on the screen and if you're carrying something it'll just whoop, take it from you um and you also have, and the, yeah and the crazy thing is that bat's also moving around 
off screen doing the same thing. That's unheard of. The at world this feels point. alive. Yeah, it it can it can go pick up items that you've left in another room and be carrying around so that you got to go find the bat, even though you didn't see it happen. That's crazy. I don't know how Warren did it, but he coded this bat to be the best troll in video game history because (laughs) on so many things, like you can see in my first play too, I I think I finally, I either have the chalice or the sword or something that I've been looking for for a long time. And I'm finally getting back to the room to fight the dragon with it. And the bat swings by and steals my sword. So good. I also love that sometimes when you're holding onto an item, the bat grabs it and now you both have it. And so like you can carry the bat around. And then I've seen, have you seen the the bat flying by with either the dragon has the bat or the bat has the dragon. <laughs> no, that's great. That, that was that's always funny. the funniest. And then I, he's got to have coded it this way because in the manual it says the bat might show up in the most inopportune times. <laughs> when I was first about to beat level three for the very first time, I had the chalice. I had worked a long time to get this chalice. Oh, God. And I was in the room where I just had to enter the golden castle and the bat flies by and steals the chalice. And then I just had to go until I could find him again and trade a key. The bat always wants something in its claws. So you have to trade items. And I had a key, he took the key and I was able, but he extended that that stage for 15 minutes probably. Yeah, right. Yeah, no, absolutely. That's amazing. So the, the bat was genius. Yeah, so good. And then of course you have the dragons, which look... Not like dragons, but I will say that yeah. when okay, I watched Dustin's first play with with you, right? Um, yeah, it's a live. Both reaction. of y'all did. I watched Nolan watch my first play, and I watched <laughs> oh, Kenny watch my first nice. play. It was so fun. So one thing that w- that had stood out to me that I wanted to bring up is when so every at every point as I'm watching Dustin and I'm watching at every turn in the game so like it's introducing a new item or a th- or thing or an object we, you immediately go i get it like the bat comes on screen does his thing and dustin and and i are both like he steals items he trades items <laughs> like and it's a bat like we were never confused right which you should be when you've got these graphics and you've got this limited machine never confused it, it, it teaches you immediately and you're like okay I understand this new mechanic, which is very, very impressive. Very hard to do. And there were some other really cool, impressive additions. Not only was the bat fun. I mean, the the dragons being sort of typical enemies was kind of fun. But it's great that you can get a weapon and fight them. Like, that's normal video game stuff. And dragons are pretty normal fare. The bat kind of trolling you sort of makes sense. But there were things that absolutely blew my mind. Not only were there mazes mm-hmm. that were cool and you had to actually explore because um even though they look exactly the same they're they're not so you had to really kind of take your time exploring getting to know these mazes but they also included a bridge so i know that that sounds like nothing but an item (laughs) that you can pick up to move across a section of wall that was solid wall and move through yeah that's crazy (laughs) hey one, that gives you so many options in terms of like creating mazes and puzzles that are interesting, even if they're fairly simple like this one was. It's just a really genius mechanic. And two, how you would go about programming that is such an interesting like puzzle with as limited amount of resources as you have. 
And it just, it was absolutely fascinating to me that they were able to pull that off. You want to talk about this game influencing games we have today? I'm playing Last of Us right now. I keep having to grab a wooden board to cross a bridge <laughs> and Adventure did it, it first. But the maze, that maze section, so smart to include because it it stretches out the game, the level, stretches out the gameplay. Although he could have just made rooms like Zelda where it's like boom, 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 squares, like locked doors or something. But there's a maze that takes the player time to have to navigate. So it's just a smart, like, it, yes, it's cool, but like he did it. What? He did it so that he could um, use the resources better. It just makes the game longer. Well, and I I just... I, it's also a first in this game to have Fog of War. So Civilization, I don't know if that has it, but Age of Empires, everything else that has Fog of War Dang, needs true. to thank this game. Because yeah. those were the scariest rooms to go yes. in for me. Because yeah. you can only yep. see in a very small space around you. And there could be a dragon lurking in there. Oh, always. Uh, but <laughs> wow. that's... In the later stages, that's where you find certain items. And to, to only be able to see what's right around you, it's very easy to get lost in there uh and then the the fear of what's next or how like yeah. it's so good as i was playing uh in the first play and otherwise i was like i need graphing paper to be charting my rooms sure. out and i i never did that because i'm a, I'm a god gamer and i was able to figure it out but like uh, those rooms adding those rooms on top of the bridges and the mazes and everything else yeah. is just another way to extend what is available to you in this game i also believe that this is the first game that coined the mm. term Easter egg. Yeah, so I saw this. There had been surprises and secrets in a few games prior, but this is the first one that people point to as Easter egg. This is where Easter eggs come from. Yeah. And that on its own in terms of like impact on games and game design yes. and philosophy, it shows you how like influential this game was in terms of time. And the whole story there is really interesting. People should look into it. We'll talk about it some. But we're talking in like the nature of the way games were made and this whole dilemma of giving programmers the credit they deserve. Yeah. Was an, was an ongoing problem that was sort of a reality that Atari was grappling with. They're trying to sell games and just keep things neutral. Um, programmers are working hard on these things that they've created and come up with and want to get paid and get credit for it, but aren't being given the opportunity to do that. So two, two things happened in response to that. And I, I mentioned both because they both had huge impacts on gaming. One, there were some developers that just got mad and left. Hey, we want more credit. Fair. We're going to go do this on our own and compete with you. Those programmers went and founded Activision. <laughs> so roots of roots of this hey, game really are roots oh, wow. for so many titles that we love. And now maybe Full Circle have come to also have some like Crazy. bad taste in our mouth with more recently. But we're talking one of the biggest names in game development and publishing sure. started yeah. because of that dilemma. The other response was from uh, from Warren. I got his name Buffett, right. Yeah. yeah, I believe. Yeah, uh, who who programmed this game? And his response was, "Well, I'm going to give myself credit for this game, but I'm going to hide it in the game in a way that's really, really hard to find." 
And it's a bonus feature that no one's going to know about. And it was the first time somebody had successfully done this. The Atari didn't know it had happened. <laughs> they published this game. And then it was news to them when players accidentally discovered it, that his name was in there. And um, how do you find it, by the way? Anyhow. It spawned Easter eggs. You select game two or three. You get the bridge. You get to a certain room above the Black Castle. And there's a new item in there. It's a single pixel that looks just like you. And you well, not just like the background behind you. It's the same color gray as what you're moving on. So you don't even know that you've picked it up. You hear the noise, that same noise that you, okay. when you equip an yeah. item. And so you yep. carry that pixel to a certain room and you leave it there. You get two more objects, drop it in the same room. Okay. And then, you know those walls that you can't walk past in some of the early areas that are yeah. just thin lines? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, one of them will start flashing colors and you can move past it and it takes you into a room that has his name created by Warren Buffett. His name is not Buffett. Quit Bro, making that terrible joke. I know, Yeah, dude. no one would find that. No one would find it. I don't know how someone ended up finding somebody it. Somebody did. Unless he leaked it. That's the... I'm, I'm sure it was accidental. No, somebody came across it. That's insane. Think about the first person that comes across that accidentally does something, sees that wall flashing, and they're like, wait, what? And yeah, that was probably the it? best experience ever. Oh, my goodness. But, yeah, like, a first... First Easter egg, first Fog of War, first adventure game, first, like all of the <laughs> first, first, first to have an, uh, a semi-open-ended environment, first to move from screen to screen and have things continue to happen, quote unquote, off screen. So many firsts and done in a way that's not bad or embarrassing, like done in a way that no. is fun and that sparks the imagination to really feel like you are on a... Adventure. Adventure. I was going to say, after hearing all those things, they deserve. They, they're allowed to call it adventure. Ooh, which is interesting yeah, like because it, when it I dropped the name, the name, when I dropped the name on the last episode, Nolan, you're like, oh, who do these people, you know, pretty much sure. who these people think they are or whatever, yeah. reasonably so. Yeah. And to come around and say, all right, you've earned it. All, all of that said, there's so many good things to say about this game, and there are. You're going to run into and nothing a few, else bad. So let's go into age. No, stop. You're going to run into a few janky elements. Sure. You know, you've only got one button to interact and kind of the like way your items work and work in the environment sometimes have some odd interactions. Uh, you pick stuff up and it's not clear whether you're holding it or it sort of sits off screen or it falls out of your hands and it lands like in a wall between a space you can't get to. There's going to be things that don't feel 100% polished. Just, again, limitations on how much they're physically able to do with this hardware. Warren should patch even it. Those, should release it. Even those, though, there were creative solutions to. We talked about so many of the items. We didn't talk about the magnet. Literally, they put a magnet in this game so smart. as a solution to you, like, accidentally dropped an item in a weird space that you can't get to. And it's an item that will just draw other items towards it. So you go and pick up the magnet. It's an easy one to, to hold on to and not lose. Bring it into the room you need. And like the stuff you have moves to you. Or something that's like on another side of a wall in a maze can come to you as a shortcut. Anyhow, that's such lots a of software developer so solution. Uh, absolutely like, is. This, there's this bug, this problem. I'm going to add a new item that fixes 
I'm going to add a magnet that will bring it back to you. I love Absolutely. That. That'll make the game playable yeah. and like completely redeem the few broken behaviors it does have. Well, not only that, there are like Warren in, in the manual calls out hardware limitations and things like that, but keeps, but gives lore reasons for it or gives in world reasons love for it. it of like how the dragons operate or why there can't be too many items on one stage or things like that. Love it. Like, yep. You you know and are aware of like, hey, it just can't do this, but he always tries to go out of his way to explain why. And between having the magnet and the bridge, I don't think you can really lose an item. But even if you do, you can do a soft reset yeah. and and get back into it. It's like I it's hard to believe that there were this many options and capabilities, even mm-hmm. in 1980, on a console that had on a system that had 128 bytes of RAM and on a cartridge that only had four kilobytes. <laughs> like, it's insane. It's insane. Aged. Graphics in some of the games that we have played are, like, really bad. And this 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 is not one of them i like what ex- there's no excuse to make bad graphics after 1980 because <laughs> this looks I, yes i mean he used what he had there's not there's not much there no but i have no qualms with the graphics of this game the castle looks like a castle the dragon looks like a snake thing <laughs> The bat looks I mean, like a the bat. Dragons don't the look dragons look pretty dragons, ugly. No, they look like pre- they look like pregnant ducks. They, <laughs> like they they could have done a better they job do. of, of hey, design but, for the dragon. Isn't it amazing that. that when they eat you, you go into their belly and you can see yourself in there and still move around? <laughs> yeah, like yeah, it's ridiculous. I and the, the the visuals are extremely simple yet stream extremely effective. Yeah, and you get normal Atari 2600 things. You know, all of your screens are pretty much mirrored. You know, that's like a, a normal Atari 2600 reality. You it, Stuff is very, very, very basic on the visuals. But like you said, Nolan, keys look like keys. Castles look like castles. The bat flies in and you immediately know what it is. And it they didn't let the limitations they had stop them from still creating something that was super immersive. Sure, you can argue I'm just a square, like they could have given the character some kind of character, but you're kind of role-playing this anyways, and so it, it it's right. not even really a hindrance, and anything bigger would have had a t- hard time moving through some yeah. of those narrow mazes yeah. and fitting. And so for what they had to work with, I think the look is as good at communicating what it was trying to do as, as you really can. But yes, this game is like in actuality is ugly and very basic, but that's the world they were in, not like something they did wrong. Right. So let me, so the graphics, yes, have aged of course, but not due to the creation, not due to the developer's decisions, but due to the limitations at the time. Yeah. And likewise, and the thing that I thought would, bother Nolan the most in particular, there's no music at all. Now, I don't think you would want music from this console of this time because it would be very beepy and very piercing and very painful. Uh, 
there are a few sound effects. You've got, you know, every time that you equip a, a, an item, a weapon, whatever, or drop it, you've got a, a, a sound effect. Mm-hmm. You've got a sound effect when a dragon attacks you and mm-hmm. eats you, which by the way, the dragon can both attack you and you can survive, which is super graceful and, of the dragon and, and the developer. <laughs> uh, and then you can also get swallowed by the dragon. You've got this crazy sound effect when you take the chalice back to the golden castle. So you've got some sound effects, but no no music bed or anything. Again, that's just a part of the console and era. Right. I'll tell you why it didn't bother me. Okay. Because you're right. When, you know, when I discovered there is no music, I was like, oh my God. It's just hard for me because when you you put on some fantasy music in the background of your first play, super nice. I love Mm -hmm. that. But obviously you can't have that on this game. The reason it doesn't bother me here, there's a component of adventure that, leaves it up to the player to lean into the whole role-playing and fantasy side of this. And now we don't think of this because games give it to you. They feed it to you completely in every aspect and every way. And we complain if there's a piece missing. But with the Atari 2600, you didn't have all those sound effects and, and abilities. So like, I can see when this came out, a kid playing this and just hearing the music themselves and you know it's and like you were saying about the story like filling in the blanks of the story and and actually going on an adventure and so the component of imagination that comes with this i think is to be valued even today like i was i was fine with it i was fine with it there are no direct sequels um this the, the there was a planned sequel for adventure and it became the sword quest games and those even continue to today, I believe, or at least I'm saying Air World, which is part of the Sword Quest series, came out in August of 2022. So that's that's very Whoa. recent. There, there were other games they did on Atari that like were basically evolutions of okay. this game. I think the Superman game took a lot of the things they established here and and sort of used some of those same mechanics. So the bigger impact, the bigger conversation about aging here, and we already brought a lot of this up during gameplay, but is is legacy. It, this game was the first of so many things and set so much tone for how games are developed and whether to expect. I mean, we brought the whole Easter egg thing up, but it came as a surprise to Atari. And then they were like, well, no, let's just keep doing that. And let's make that a feature that we own and intentionally do this in a bunch of our games because it's fun for people. And like, I don't know, just we played a lot of games that were like, this started it all. And I don't know that we've been ever able to say that with as much truth and confidence as we can say it about this game. Oh, I'm saying with so much gusto. Bravado. This game started it all. I... You're saying legacy, agree with all of that, can't leave age section without saying that in 2011, in the book Ready Player One, and in the 2018 film of the same name, the Easter egg in Adventure was a highlighted component in the story, where in a pivotal moment, I think that's where a something in the book and in the story is hidden. And so these gamers have to go back to this original adventure game, get to the Easter egg room in order to advance in the real game they're playing. So like, it's crazy. The whole point of that book was to highlight 80s culture, highlight gaming culture, and it had a lot of important things to pick from as the most important of them. 
and at least one author, you know, at least uh, Ernest Klein, agrees with us that this may be <laughs> the most important of all of those things to highlight and talk about as an influential moment in gaming. And that is so, so fun to me. Now, if you want a cartridge of adventure for your Atari 2600, yes. hold on, it's, it's interesting here. It's okay. only $15 loose. Used, loose, only $15. Surprising. They must have made a lot of them, I would assume. Uh, but if you want it new, <laughs> I've seen this range, okay? I've seen it as low as $400 new. Okay. And as much as 70000 70000 Okay. You don't think anyone's paying 70000 no. I think that one is like- I, I don't, but I'm sure that's like graded. New, graded, pristine, right, all these Yeah, things. like first, first print or something, you know. That's how collector items go. The $400, if you want a new copy to open up and play on your new, brand new Atari Mate. 2600. Final thoughts. At the end of each and every one of our episodes, we determine whether or not the game gets our vote for New Game Plus status. That's our general thumbs up or thumbs down. Does require two thirds of the votes to swing one way or the other. I will begin by saying... Anytime that we are going so far back as 1980 and anytime we're going back to the Atari 2600, my preset is that this is not going to be an enjoyable experience. The Atari 2600 had so many games for it. And I know a lot of consoles do today as well. But the Atari 2600 in particular had so many games and much more bad games than good games. And yep. you've got the largest time gap between then and now than most of the other games we play. But I had not come to a game on this podcast yet that is this early that had this much of an impact on me. Some games, I say, due to the legacy alone and what it brought to the table, it's worth revisiting, even though it's not a, that good of a game. And that's not what I'm saying here. If it was just a legacy, I would say still go and play it. But for the Atari 2600, this is an enjoyable game and an enjoyable experience. I had fun every moment I played it this week. Now, I didn't play it as many hours as I would some other more modern games, but I got the full experience beat level one, beat level two, beat level three, and had a blast the entire time. The entire time. And... To be able to do this in 1980, I cannot imagine the kids that just had their minds blown. And if I was a kid then, and almost now, as a however old I am man, I, I was not envisioning the pixel on the screen carrying a yellow pickaxe, sword, or arrow. I was imagining a, 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 a knight uh, in armor, wielding a, a blade, going around and slaying dragons. Like, that's what I was envisioning. And this game absolutely did it for me. And I think for the majority of people out there, yes, you'll see the age, but I think you'll experience, you'll, you'll have a great experience playing Adventure. I definitely, no question, give Adventure my vote for New Game Plus status. Kenny? Yeah, I, I agree. And most of what you said is exactly in my camp. So most definite New Game Plus status for me, um, even if it was just for the I'm aware of how important this game is aspect, it'd be worth checking out. Huge historical legacy, some really cool uh, information about the development of the game, and uh, you can see its influence in, in just gaming history. That's cool. 
But the great thing is, just like Dustin said, you'll probably have fun doing it in the process of checking out this game, even though it's so old and so basic. Uh, Now, the fun may not last long. There may be a couple of moments of frustration along the way. But anytime you enjoy pretty much any other game you play today, you'll be able to think back to this one and almost have direct lines of, oh, that's where that came from, like Revelation. And this game, like it, it started it all. And that's absolutely amazing. So Adventure somehow even though it's on the Atari 2600, lives up to its name. And so, yeah, NGP status, so hard, surprisingly. Nice. That's two-thirds. Bring it home, Nolan. Adventure is shockingly playable today. Like, it's a reminder to me, it was a reminder to me this week, um, what makes video games enjoyable and good for me. And it's... It's a couple fundamental things that have persisted through time and have been improved upon, of of course, with with hardware and software improvements. But the the idea of what makes a game fun and good uh, and playable are here. I mean, the core of it's here, and this guy understood it and, in some ways, defined it. And what I would what I would you know, enjoy and out of my hobby. And um, absolutely, this game deserves respect and should be experienced. I, I seriously think that most people, if you pick it up and play it, despite the hurdles of the visuals, you'll you'll have fun, which I, I'm with you, Dustin. I can't say that about too many Atari 2600 games. Huge yeah. catalog, lots of stinkers, lots of games that were good, but today just don't, you know, hit. But this one certainly does. New Game Plus, great game. It's very cool that Adventure, the 1980 game that started it all, everything is New Game Plus certified unanimously. What did you think? We had 24% on our YouTube poll that said, yes, it's worth playing today. 17% said no, and 59% have never played it. Fair. It's an old man game. That's more people having an opinion on it than I would have expected, actually. True. So... We had many of you play along this week and write in. Nicholas said, the Atari 2600 was my first video game console, but I didn't get a chance to play it until the Atari Anthology Collection on PlayStation 2. Mm. Diving in with nothing more than a sense of curiosity, I was soon confused and frustrated by its lack of explanation and bewildering assortment of items. Jump forward 19 years, and I'm excited to give Adventure another chance and thankful for the Discord community stressing how important (laughs) reading the manual is to enjoying it. They were not wrong. The manual tells you almost step-by-step what you must do in order to succeed. Every item has a purpose, every dragon has an objective, and every area becomes recognizable. I was hoping to come away from adventure liking it more than I previously had, but didn't expect that I would be obsessed by it. NGP from me. Love that. Also, super curious about the PS2 Atari collection. That sounds like it would be a really dope thing to have. Yeah, so Adventure pretty much has made it in every anthology collection or Atari collection that has come out along the way. So for any console, for most consoles, you've got some some collections from the Atari, and this is on virtually every single one of them. Cool. Jesse the Jet said, 
I think adventure played a critical role in my love of gaming. When my cool Gen X older cousins got an NES, my sister and I inherited their Atari 2600 and oh, large cool. collection of games. In retrospect, we played adventure the way people who played GTA without actually playing any <laughs> of the missions play today. We spent hours navigating the mazes, getting uh, eaten by the dragon, trying to figure out what the reverse of brackets actually were. It <laughs> seems so silly to me. We didn't really know what the actual objective was for the game, but this cart was still in heavy rotation at our house anyways. We just made our own rules. Now that I know how to play, adventure feels charming, accessible, and a great way to de-stress. Its simplicity certainly encouraged a lot of imaginative storytelling for us as kids. I really think everyone should give it a whirl. Absolutely new game plus. That. 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 <laughs> component of it the imagination part i think is so good i think out of all the items the reverse brackets were the only thing i had confusion trying to figure out what it was at first i did not think bridge at first it's also massive i didn't either it's huge (laughs) yeah it's huge and clunky to move around but once you figure out the mechanic oh it blew my mind the bridge Yeah, he does. That's his favorite. (laughs) The Doctor 45 said, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's a bat carrying a dragon. Adventure (laughs) is a game that goes to show that even with minimal graphics, provided you have good controls, good mechanics, rewarding gameplay, a well-implemented wild bat card, and a narrative, you can create a masterpiece. I've played quite a few 2600 games, mostly two-player. This is now number one on my list. The bat mechanic is probably my favorite part. It's the right amount of random. It did torch a few of my runs, but saved me as well. Really impressed with how complex and well-executed the game is, considering the limitations in 1980. It's the big daddy of adventure games, NGP for me. Yeah, I think if we... We're like so we're impressed by the console limitations, but I think if we really understood it the way that like Warren and like people who know what they're talking about do, we would be like even more. Amazing. How did you do that? Yeah, yeah. All right, and then finally, a spot said this. Close okay. your eyes. He didn't say that, okay. but I'm telling you both to close your eyes. Trust me. Was it story time or something? As I crept through the catacombs, the silence was so palpable I could feel it. It was so dark that I. It was so dark that I couldn't even see my hands in front of my face. I tried to move as quickly as I could without being seen, and I was terrified of the thought that I might lose this precious item I held tightly in my hands. I'd bravely fought back the relentless dragon, Yorgle, just to get it. The Black Key. This was the last thing I needed to acquire, the legendary chalice from the dreaded Black Castle on the other side of the Blue Labyrinth. I knew that I yet had to fight the most ferocious of the trio. Rindle. But it was not Rindle I feared as I stalked into the clearing. Oh no, it was not Rindle. There was only one foe which dogged me every step. One foe who turned my heart to stone. One who could stop my journey in its tracks. The vile and envious black bat. You can open your eyes. Although I don't think it'll work for most people, I would say it's worth a try. Reading the manual is a must. Yeah, it's a bit much. Everyone everyone says that. I didn't read the manual, and I was fine. That's a good point. I did not either. Like, I know a number of people have, have said that, but like, yeah. and I know I did get to watch some of Dustin's first play where he figured it out, but as he was going through and doing things, you even remember Dustin, I was like, oh, we'll go do this. Yeah. Oh, we'll go do that. Okay, we'll take that to the door. Like, it's a pretty self-evident game. Maybe maybe for some of the lore and like atmosphere and overarching objective, the the... Uh, booklet will help. And I'm not saying don't read the booklet. By all means, 
do it. It's going to enrich your enjoyment. But it was so good that it didn't even need it in my mind. Does it? Does the book have the artwork like the cover in it, Dustin? Because the cover art is so good. Um, if I remember correctly, there's not much artwork in the in the manual itself. The dragon, like in uh, interwoven into the maze in the castle in the background. That's a that's a great cover. Yeah, yeah. that is good artwork. Well, thank you so much for all of you that played Adventure for the Atari 2600 with us this week. But for now, we're going to set aside Adventure and we're going to randomly select the next game that we're going to be playing from our retro master list. Will it be, uh, let's place our bets. Will it be a game that is before 1980 or after 1980? I'm going, I'm going, I'm going after 2000. I'm going to stick with the trend we've seen so far in this year. Before 2000, but certainly after 1980. And I'm going to say before 1980, just for the off shot. Wow. What? Randomizing now. Have you ever asked yourself what it's like to be God? Never. Not once. Nope. Well, this week you might, because we are playing a God simulation game. Great. Not my favorite. Okay. It was developed by Param and published by Nintendo for the Nintendo 64 and the Nintendo GameCube. Okay, so I lost. It's not post-2000. It only came out on the 64 in Japan, so we will, of course, be playing the GameCube version this week. It is a game that was produced by Shigeru Miyamoto. Hey, hey. Okay, good sign. Oh, wait, maybe I know what this is. And it is called, I'm going to probably mispronounce this, Doshin the Giant. <gasps> you know it? Yes, and it's been on my back, like it's been on my to playlist for a long time. I never heard this one. What year did it come out? It, oh, I didn't say, huh? 1999. Dang it. Haha, <laughs> winner. The designer no. described it as populous meets Mario. So, okay. There, yeah, there's references to this game, the character in it, uh, in multiple Nintendo things, and I've always wanted to play it. Great, okay. He's he looks like this big Gumby looking yeah. yellow. You gotta thing. love him. Wait, you said GameCube? Sorry, GameCube. Yeah, we're gonna play it on the GameCube. Yes, game. yes, yes. I'm so excited. I love a GameCube game. Wait, so it's not after 2000, so Nolan loses because it came out in 1999. I lose just barely, yeah. but game, yeah, you gotta give it to me. It's close enough. No, that's not how losing <laughs> no, works. You don't. Okay. Find a copy of Doshin the Giant and be gods with us this week. Join Discord. You want to know how? Yes. Oh. Yeah. Go to discord.gg slash newgameplus. While you're there, you'll meet a whole bunch of really cool people, including some of the folks that support our show on an ongoing basis through patreon.com. Big thank you to all of those of you who are them, uh, including our producer-level supporters, Adam, Alex, Marlene, Anton, and Ben, Grunt, Ellis, Francesca, Gimbin, J. Robert, Jared, Joey, Jordan, Justin, Clint, Nick, Nat, Corey, Lawai, Levi, Mal, Maxima, Mr. Latte, Sage, and Shauna, Subsonic Demon, Tazelhoff, Thomas, Unbedavable, and Zion. A big thank you to Gene, our newest patron. Thank you for your support. For becoming part of the thank you, Gene. Uh, New Game Plus family, family. I don't know the Patreon arm of our family, and uh, of course, big thank you to our director level supporters, 
uh, Bro Jim, Daniel, DH Bowser, Garlisle, and Super Hypered. Uh, we appreciate you guys. You can find us on our social media, Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, TikTok, and YouTube. All of those links are in the show notes. Listen directly on any podcast provider of your choice. Make sure you subscribe so that you are the first to get new NGP episodes. And while you're at it, please leave a kind rating and review. Our video episode was edited by our friend Dylan. Our audio episode was edited and produced by our friend Dan Willett. Join us next week as we play Doshin the Giant. Until then, I'm still... What's the dragon's name? What's the dragon's name? I'm still Grundle. You better not say Grundle. No, that one was I'm me. I'm sorry. I, it's okay. You can have it because I'm still a square and I'm okay with it. I'm Yorgle? Yeah. And this has been New Game Plus. steal my dragon from me one more time.